Live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Business Radio. Brought to you by Practice Quotient. Practice Quotient bridges the gap between the provider and payer communities. Now here's your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Hi there, dental industry and friends of the show. This is Patrick O'Rourke. And with me today is a friend and colleague, Mark Murphy from New York City. Mark Murphy, how are you? I'm great. Uh, I'm great, Patrick. That's awesome. I appreciate you being on the show. And this show, Dental Business Radio, is really about the business of dentistry, right? And so you had said something really interesting a moment ago uh, about when you started 30 years ago, there wasn't as much business. Would you uh, just kind of care to repeat that for our our listeners? You know what, you know, Patrick, when I first started doing this in the mid to late 80s and started working with some dentists, it seemed to me that they weren't really in the business of dentistry. They were the accidental businessmen. Uh, you know, many of them were just great artists who were just great, compassionate, caring people who wanted to take care of their patients. And whether they made a little money or a lot of money or no money would seem to be almost irrelevant to them or this great mystery. And mm-hmm. one of the, the great things I've seen, I think, uh, over the last 30 years is that people have discovered that you can become, you can stay the great artist if you choose to but you can also become the great CEO or the great businessman. And, you know, we've sort of dedicated, you know, uh, our lives because our clients demand it in getting people to get paid for what they know, not what they do. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, you know, I think, you know, most people, as you probably agree with Patrick are, um, you know, you know if, we, if somebody owns a business, if you go to a room full of business owners and you, you ask them, well, how many of you are entrepreneurs in this room? Virtually everybody's hand goes up. But I think when it, within about 20 seconds, you can get about 95% of them to agree they really don't have, they're really not entrepreneurs. They bought themselves a job. And so what I find so great about what you're doing here with uh, Dental Business Radio is you're just taking that and putting it on steroids to giving these folks the opportunity to get the best information so that they can, you know, they can become not, they can continue to be the great uh, artists, but become the great CEOs as well. Absolutely. And I appreciate you being on the show. You know, there's, I was struggling a little bit with like, how do I announce Mark Murphy? You know, what should I say about Mark Murphy? Mark <laughs> Murphy is, uh, he's a wealth manager. Mark Murphy is one of only, I, I could count the number of people on one hand who I would trust with my money. And you're one of them. And, but you're, you do a lot more than that. And you're certainly more than a wealth manager, even to the dental industry. You have lots of other clients, say some celebrities, football players, you're doing real estate, but you also understand the the financial structures of the entities and how to structure those correctly. Um, Tell me about mergers and acquisitions. And I heard a little bird told me you wrote a book on that. Yeah, actually, actually I I co-wrote, that was the first book we co-wrote Patrick. In fact, uh, I just finished the third book, which uh, is at the publisher right now. It's called The Mindset of the Entrepreneur, and that'll be out sometime in, in early 2021. And the book we did last year was on creating multi-generational wealth, showing business owners how to create and entrepreneurs how to create multi-generational wealth. But the first book I did, um, and so that'll always be our firstborn, is the CEO of Fortune Management uh, and my dear friend and business partner, uh, Bernie Stoltz, and I wrote a, wrote a book on mergers and acquisitions. Because it was so clear to me that through efficiencies and economies of scale, that you could help that doctor take his practice or her practice and buy the practice down the street. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you bought two similar, similar practices you know, of similar size, mm-hmm. 
it wouldn't be unusual, Patrick, for us to see that doctor's income triple, triple. without taking great deals of risk. Is that right? Certainly double and oftentimes triple or better. And and because of economies and efficiencies of scale, it just became so so uh, sort of like, you know, that uh, uh, duh moment where you sit down and say, hey, if all the fixed ed- overhead is covered and right. we add marginal revenue, all we we're trying to do is develop strategies to drive as much revenue as we could through the same set of fixed overhead. Right, because you know, the operatories, right? And yeah. the operatories are there. And so if the operatory <laughs> is not running, an empty <laughs> operatory makes a, it's a whoosh sounds, money getting flushed down the toilet, right? No, a- a- absolutely. It, and, and, and so the idea to me, it's, it would almost be like, uh, you know, I mean, going back to our 30-year example, when we first met, met dentists in the mid to late 80s, they thought it, they were working four days a week, usually had either Wednesday or Friday off, worked about seven or eight hours a day. And it was kind of a little sleepy business where you made a nice living and was a prestigious because you were a doctor. And I think it now what corporate dentistry has really done uh, has has um, has let the industry know that it's almost like trying to buy a Seven Eleven now and say we're open eight to two. Mm. You know, you know. Yes. I, I think that you know. I think that p- dentists are understanding that they need to be in the business of dentistry, not you know, not the practice of dentistry. And to then be I able agree. to show them how to do that without. Um, without changing how they operate or without changing the culture of their business. And so one of the things we like to do is we like to make sure that we show our clients that they can beat the big corporate dental offices because culture will beat strategy every time. But if we can use some of the great strategies that these, these folks use and implement them as well, we can be unstoppable. Sure. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think there's a, you know, a business model for everybody and where, when I'm talking to a group of docs and they're, you know, I, I feel like corporate dentistry sometimes becomes sort of a boogeyman. You're like, oh, corporate's going to take over the world. I don't think so. I mean, I, I really, maybe there's half the people in the world don't care who puts fingers in their mouths. The other people care very much. And there's different brand recognition and there's just different um, subsets of, of people, um, hence marketing. You know, that's, that's been my observation and I've, I've really heard it from both sides and, you know, we're neutral towards all, you know, all of that. Um, but I do think that the days of, you know, kind of hanging a shingle and being open up three and a half days a week and, you know, pulling in what, what used to be pulled in those days, you know, you're going to have to make some adjustments, um, there, I think, and it's either learn about business and have associates, you know, so that those operatories remain full or it's, you know, perhaps you want to join somebody else where you don't have to manage the folks if that's not your thing. Because I think to be an entrepreneur, how do you know that you're an entrepreneur? I, I do think it takes a certain type of person in a you know, mindset, you know, I know I'm an entrepreneur because I pay a lot of taxes and because I have the scars to prove it, you know, what would you think, how do you define an entrepreneur for dentists, oral surgeons, periodontists, prosthodontists? I would say this, and I've probably said this for probably more than 30 years. And I've said money market CDs, IRAs, 401ks, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, blah, blah, blah. Most of our clients will have some or all those assets all their life, but at best they're inflation adjusted holding tanks. You know, if Bill Gates was on the, on the, on the call with us today, he wouldn't say I'm worth $95 billion because of my 401k or my mutual funds. Mm-hmm. 
And so to become an entrepreneur, true wealth is created in one of three areas. It's either investing in your business or some other operating company. It's mm-hmm. investing in real estate. It's financing deals. I'll leave out divorce and inheritance. And so the idea to me is that so that if, if you're an entrepreneur, Patrick, if you've only got $1 to invest, the first place I'm going to look to have that invested is in your business. And like so that. to me, so to me, there's only two things. There's expenses and there's investments. If you're an expense, you're always on the chopping block. If you're an investment, I have an unlimited appetite as an entrepreneur for investments. But as long as I get a four or five to one rate of return on my money or more, which mm-hmm. kind of leads back to your company. I mean, you have worked with hundreds of my doctors over the years. Sure. And the idea to me is there's, you know, you get paid and paid very well to do that. But you can never confuse practice quotient with an expense. Practice quotient is always an investment because that client will get a four to five one to return on their money. Sometimes it's 10 or 20 to one. Sometimes it's greater. Yeah. And so, yeah. so the idea to me is you have been, I want to thank you because you've been one of the many secret weapons I've had to help our doctors create more wealth and more value in their company because you've, you've been such a great investment for so many of them. Great. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, really credit goes to the practice quotient team. Shout out to Scott, Nikki, Brittany, Melissa, Tony, and Brianna and Donald. And so, and we appreciate you being a supporter. Uh, and you make a fine point. You know, I have said frequently, actually, where folks talk to me and they're like, well, that sounds expensive. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, what, what do you mean? What sounds expensive? The answer isn't. Or the question isn't, Pat, how much does that cost? The question is, Pat, how much are you going to make me? That's the right question. Don't call me and ask me how much it costs. Pat, what can you do for me? Because then I can tell you what I can do for you. Um, and but, and it, but it has to be equitable. So for all of our insurance company friends um, out there that are listening, uh, hi. Uh, you guys are always welcome on the show as well. And it's really just about having equitable relationships and making sure that you're in the right business partnerships. Um, so um, outside of that, what other ways? So let's say that you, because you're, you're more than a wealth manager. So you know a little bit, you know a lot about a lot. So let's, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking, did you know that Prince, the artist, the musician could play 26 musical instruments? Did you know that? I did. I, I knew, I didn't know it was 26, but I knew he could play a lot of instruments. It's crazy. So it was like a genius a prodigy. That's, that's, that's you in the, in the money world. So all the financial instruments, you are like the artist Prince in the financial world. So well, that's, very, that's very kind. And, uh, you know, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I hope this, uh, radio, uh, interview is taped so I can play it for my mother. I'll say there's somebody else who believes in me like she does. So there's two people <laughs> in the world, but, uh, I think it, it's you and her are the only two, but I, I think we pride ourselves on two things. One is whoever asks the best questions always wins hmm. because if you can figure out how to add value, it's easy to figure out how to get paid. And remember the good ones tell, the great ones ask. And so the idea to me is, is I pride myself on being the best, most active listener out there. And if you ask good questions, you can then help people solve problems. You can be, you can, you know, what our business is, is we become the possibility for success in their lives. And the idea is that I don't come in there saying, hey, we're going to do this or we're going to do this. We come in listening and really trying to figure out and create that dream or create the life that that person wants and then help them elegantly execute that 
and be, be that possibility for them. I mean, I, I love when our clients say, I never thought this was possible, or I never dreamed we could do this, or how, I mean, oh my God, if I would have all could have only imagined, I wish I would have met you 20 years earlier. And, and that's the fun part of the business is you're just changing people's lives for the better. But it, what's even better yeah, about that? The gratitude, what, for sure. And what's even better about that is you're not only changing their lives for their family, but how many people do those people employ? How many people are pay, sending their kids to college or paying their mortgage from what you've created and they created and they created and, and the abundance and the, and the, and the, and the, the, the ter- tremendous synergy you create in the world from this work is mm-hmm. what drives me. I uh, read the 15th century philosopher used to say there were three types of stone cutters. And I think there's three types of everybody. It's just as apropos now. He used to say, there's a group of stone cutters that cut stone to feed their family. And in every industry, that we, there's those people. Mm-hmm. And he used to say, there's also a group of stone cutters that cut stone because they're very talented and artistic at it. And there's a group of people in every industry there too. But there's another group of stone cutters who think they're building a temple for God. And I think one of the ways we connect is that I think there are companies and you and I, we believe we're out there building a temple for God. We're changing the lives of all the people we touch. And so that never gets old and that never seems like a business. It, it really doesn't. And, you know, I'm a big subscriber to the philosophy of Napoleon Hill and, you know, what's number one purpose, you know, so you got to roll out of bed. I do anyway, I have to roll out of bed every day. I mean, what, what's my purpose? And I like to help people and that's, that's what keeps me going. It's not really anything else. So as, as soon as I feel like, you know, we're, I'm not helping somebody I'm out. Um, but there's a reason I'm not in corporate America anymore. You know, much to the chagrin of my wife, you know, I was like, man, I don't believe it anymore. I'm not going to go do that. <laughs> she was not, she was not pleased. I'm shocking. Um, but she's, she's okay now. We're still married. So, um, you know, purpose is important, especially in these times, you know, I think I'm burnt out on COVID, so I don't want to go down that road. Um, but I'm, I'm somewhat surprised that there's not, a lot more gratitude. You know, I hear a lot of negative stuff, but you know, to me, here's the positive things is that, you know, I have all of my appendages. I get to spend more time with my kids. I've had more time to talk to my clients. You know, I see Mark Murphy who was looking pretty good and is about to go on vacation. You know, all of these things, you know, it makes me grateful for, you know, now, you know, can you imagine like having to be stuck in your house pre air conditioning, for example? Ooh. You know, that, that would not be good. Yeah, no, no. no so, I mean, yeah, at the very you know, least, yeah, we got, yeah. we have AC and indoor plumbing. You know, I'm, I'm burnt on COVID too, but one of the things that's been so, one, one of the many, many things that's been so helpful at being part of Fortune for so many years is, is that they taught me one thing, that bad things occur. And COVID was certainly a bad thing. And there's many more bad things that will happen in life because life, you know, has a lot of great things and a lot of, a lot of things that you just can't control that are sure. bad. Well, one of the things that 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 uh, the, a tool that's been so helpful to me is when something bad happens, my mind immediately doesn't go to the pity party or 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 how bad things are. And I'm not a, a rose-colored glasses Pollyanna guy that I ignore bad things like it doesn't exist. Like obviously we have to deal with it, but my mind immediately, Patrick, goes to the the, the phrase, "What's great about that?" You know. So at the end of the day, with all the tragedy, and we've had three or four of our friends die. You know, personal friends die of COVID and all these other things that have been just horrible, horrible businesses being ruined, et cetera, et cetera, all the, all the tragedy. But at the same time, what's been great about that is it's, I've been able to use this three or four months. I've lost like 40 pounds. I got myself in the best shape of my life. I, I've had more clarity about the, for, about the future of our business 
and have, have spent the time not only writing a book, but trying to think of strategies that could help our clients explode out of COVID that we're already using. Mm-hmm. Um, and allowed me to kind of sit back and get away from the hustle bustle and focus on, you know, what I'll call some transformational strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I use that time as, as well as I could. I, I've got a 17 and 21 year old sons. I've spent more great time with my kids over the last five months than any father of a 21 and a 17 year old deserves to have. And so the idea to me is this has been just horrible, but I can't do anything about COVID, but I can do about how my mind thinks about it. And so many great things have come out of it. And you sound like a, like you're insane by saying how great things are during COVID. It's not that I think things are great during COVID. I recognize the tragedy, but I, I also want to acknowledge what I did control, which was, 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 was making my life better and hopefully some others, other people's lives better. Amen. More power to you. I love that, Mark. That's why we're two peas in a pot. So, you know, when I hear transformational strategies, explosion, these are very, very good words to me. I like that. So, um, care to share with our listeners a couple examples of what you mean? Well, I would say with our clients is, you know, people, and we think that in life, Patrick, there's only two asset classes and we like to call them paychecks and either free capital or playchecks. So the first thing we try to do with our clients is we try to set up a series of assets that will give them either a guaranteed or a highly reliable stream of income to replace their income at their business. And I'll call that playchecks. In fact, we, we, we've, we've, we studied a lot with Tom Hegna and others who, who, who even developed these concepts further. And then the second group of assets, we'll call them playchecks or free capital. But with the playchecks, we, we, can, we can spend it, we can save it, we can give it away, we can do anything we want with that money. But the important thing is those assets will not be responsible for producing income for your family. So if you have both paychecks to replace your income and playchecks, which are free capital, that mm-hmm. produces financial freedom. But there's still one more level. And the one more level is if we can keep get our clients to have earned income from their operating companies and their businesses long after retirement or long after their chair-side dentists so that the business is throwing enough income to, 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 to support their lifestyle, well, then they never need to touch their critical mass in retirement. When all their friends in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s are worried about living too long or going to the early bird special, or drinking domestic beer instead of imported beer or whatever their fancy is, our clients are in abundant mood and they are, they're worried about legacy and changing the world. You know, I mean, one of the things that, that ticks me off when people say, you know, I've got enough, those people tend to be the cheapest and stingiest people in the world because all they do is have enough for themselves. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have enough to do that extra thing for their spouse or, or do the things they want to do for their kids or grandkids or make a little bit difference in their community or, 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 or what's important to them. There's right. no abundance in their life. There's scarcity. And so mm. the idea to me is if we can create not only paychecks, which is level one, playchecks or free capital, which is number two, but then have earned income from our operating companies, that's how people create financial independence and create multi-generational wealth and, and change the world for the better. And right. so, and, and they can do it by the way, focusing on what they know, not what they do. You know, I think people think they're going to have to work harder to make more money. In fact, our joy is to help help people get to a place where they're doing what inspires them every day. In fact, one of the things I love to do is I love to get a piece of paper out, Patrick, and put a line down the middle, a T at the top. And then on the left side, I've been doing this for 25 years. In fact, Dan Sullivan helped me with this. And on the left side, I write all the things I hate about my business. And on the right side, I write all the things I'd be doing in retirement that I'm not doing right now. And I... I get rid of stuff on the left and add stuff on the right. 
Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, I started doing this when I was 41 years old. I'm um, 41. If you're, so if the idea to me is if normal retirement age is 65, Patrick, my hypothesis is if you're doing all the things you want to do and not doing the things you don't want to do, who retires from that? Why don't you retire at 41, not at 65? And so the idea to me is, and build the life you want so that it's just a purposeful life doing the things you want to do every day, working in your, in your unique ability. And so mm-hmm. one of the things I focus on all the time is I focus on, you know, people always say to me, I hear, I want a level playing field. All I want is a level playing field. And I've said for 25 years, I go, that sounds insane to me. Who wants a level playing field? I want to run straight downhill. And then now it's, right. that even seems insane to me in that what I want to do is I want to help myself and I want to help our clients play in a competition free zone where the only place they can get that experience is by working with us. You know, I believe that you've created that with Practice Quotient. There are a number of other firms that purport to do some of the things that Practice Quotient does. And I think some of them are pretty good. Some of them are pretty bad. Some of, There might be a couple that are, are good. But I don't think anybody can have that transformational effect that you've created. I know we've talked about it. And, and I'd like to think that you know every year we are trying to build a company that will put last year's company out of business. And so, mm-hmm. and the idea to me is that I do not want to be in a trans transactional relationship. I want to be involved with people that want to be in a transformational relationship. That's right. Where we can transform their lives and they can only play at that level, you know, mm-hmm. and that they can only get that experience, you know, by working with us. Right. Yeah. Amen. It's a sermon that we preach. We know we're not a, I'm not here vendor. Uh, I'm like, what do you think? We sell popcorn. No. Well, we don't sell popcorn. So I need to understand, you know, you invest a lot, right? You do, we do. And two, you have to understand the person, the mindset, the team, and it, where do you want to go? And then you have to then contribute to that. And so take things off their plate so they can reach their goals faster. Um, so I think that, that that's really amazing. And I just picked up something um, for sure. So it'll Mark Murphy, Pearl of Wisdom. I appreciate that, you know, at 41 years old. Um because I think that sometimes you do get bogged down. You know, I had uh, somebody tell me one time, uh, one of my, one of my clients and uh, one of my favorite people to talk to besides you, um, he's a funny guy and uh, originally from the wall street. Right. And then got into dentist and he's like, you know, Pat being an entrepreneur, it's like being in an abusive relationship. You know, some days you just, some days you just get your, you get your butt kicked, right? You got a black eye, but you don't leave because you love it. And you, and you ain't got nowhere else to live anyway. And, uh, and I just, I thought it was the funniest thing that stuck with me over time. You know, I say it all, I say it a lot and people look at me kind of funny, but some people get it. And it's the, the people that have actually built a business from scratch that get it, you know, and they're like, yes, you know, um, and, I tell my business partner, you know, all the time, I'm like, look, we have to learn when to duck without taking the punch. Right? right. And then we need to go find the right people around us and that are really, really smart and good at what they do to help us with knowing when to duck, you know, and I know that's really kind of simplistic, but that's, that's kind of how, it, how things are because there's other things that are going to happen inevitably like COVID, right? So COVID's, it's not new in like recorded human history, but it is new for everybody that's listening to this. And it's new to everybody that's been, that's living in this previous or that's alive through any of the generations right now. You know, it's happened in recorded history, but I've never seen the entire global economy shut down. I have not seen that, Um, you know, and so that was new. 
Um, but you know what's not new? Rolling with the punches. Right. That's not new for me. You know, I'm used to that. And so you just roll with the punches. And then t- to your credit, you're, you take it as an opportunity to sit down and you're looking at your business. You're looking, okay, what can I do better? What can I do well? And you're doing a deep dive. I think a lot of our clients did that. And I think I know we did it. And it sounds like you did it. And as usual, you got me beat. Um, you know, super productive. You wrote a book. And now I'm starting to understand why that is. It's because you love what you do. And if you do that, that's why you're always moving. You know, it's why I get to play. Where in the world is Mark Murphy today? Mark Murphy, you know, is in the Caymans, he's in San Francisco, he's in New York, he's in Chicago. Um, And I just, I'm amazed by your energy. And so I'm like, wow, just listening to like your exploits, I live vicariously through you, just so you know. Um, And maybe it's because my kids are younger. I'm not sure. Um, Maybe it's a mix. Uh, So, and when you say you're, you're writing, you're co-writing books, all right, so this piques my interest because I've done a little bit of writing here and there, but not a book. Um, who's doing most of the writing there? Is it you? Is uh, it, it, I, but it, you know, it always starts by telling the truth. And I think what we've basically the three books I've done have basically take, taken a lot of the things we've learned and the strategies that we're implementing with our clients. Some of it we've used for a long time. A lot of it we've created new. And, and we take that and we just put it and, and, and I, if, if, truth be told, I work with a professional writer then to then organize our material. Every bit of the strategy material is all mine or all ours. And then we just try to organize it because I, I, I don't write for a living. But you put that in, in, a, in a place where we can help people, you know, have a better life and, and, and have the things that want to come true. I mean, how, how great is it in, in our business? is that people have given you the trust. I mean, you know, people always say to you, what business you're in, you're, you're in the wealth management business, you're in the financial advisory business, or, you know, you're, you're, you know, give me all different types of, you know, wealth kind of uh, money kinds of businesses. Mm-hmm. And we do do things. I mean, we do some crazy things. We've, uh, we were front page of the wall street journal when I sold the uh, Daryl Hall and Janos music catalog, or we've gotten uh, the EPA, EPA to reduce fines for clients, or we've gotten childless couples adoptions out of, uh, with babies out of Vietnam. I've, I've got a hundred stories like that, which, you know, make it all worthwhile. In fact, I, 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 before, you know, at some point on my deathbed, I'd love to love to think about all those things that we did because it's been so purposeful. You know, I think that would make a cool book, like write down all the best things that moments from Mark Murphy and that the Chronicles of Mark Murphy, that would, that would be, a, yeah. I would buy that book uh, for sure. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if anybody would buy it or not, but I, it just, it just, it, but it, it, to me, like Patrick, the, what's so amazing is that the people that the business we're really in, is what I always say that as long as the people we work with are people and as long as the clients are people, I'm not in the financial services business or the money management business. I'm in the people, people business. Mm-hmm. We're in, we are in the people business, building high trust relationships quickly and permanently, getting to understand people. And these people give you their trust. And so the idea is you take that trust so seriously and you want to wake up every day trying to play your small role at helping make their life a little bit better. And it seems like it, it seems like a, it's it, it's a passion. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a sense of purpose. It's it's a mission. It's not a business. And so the idea to me is I, I just I just love it. And uh, you know we you know and, and I think everybody is here. In fact, one of the things that has been as you start to build a business, one of the revelations that I'm working on now, because we've been working. I read this book called Traction, and we've been working with a, a EOS, this uh, entrepreneurial operating system. And and one of the things that be, became so clear to no, me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Ray, hold up. EOS, 
yes. define that. That's the first I've heard of. Yeah, it's EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. And one of the things that's been so helpful that we've been working on, this was during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so this is new to our company is in our life. And I also got it from reading uh, Principles by Ray Dalio, where Ray would talk about he was the best in the world and the biggest at managing money. But he ran his business and the people in the business based on personalities, not based on metrics. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things that we've started to do in our business, and in every instance, our company grew not geometric or arithmetically, but geometrically, the better leader I became. And remember, good leaders create followers. Great leaders create other great leaders. So Mm -hmm. we've done our best. I've done my best to become a better leader. I, I don't think I'm a great leader, but I aspire to be one. And I've created some really, really great leaders around me. And, mm-hmm. and the idea to me is now we measure everybody in our organization and, and we, we, we measure them on, on two things. One is it's GWC. The G stands for to be able to work at Northeast Private Client Group. The G is you have to get it. You have to have a yes. <laughs> that. The W is you got to want it. You got to want that. And the C is you got to have the capability. And if you don't have the G, the W and the C, you, you can't work there. Right. The other thing we also do is we've created, and every company is a little bit different, but we created our core values. And I think every company should have three to seven core values in mm-hmm. terms of how they operate. What are our non-negotiables of how we work? And every person in our company now is rated either plus and that you do it almost all the time. They're rated plus minus in that they do it some of the time. And it's minus and they don't do it most of the time. And if you've got any minuses, you're going to have a problem staying in our company. And if you got more than two plus minuses, you probably can't be there later, uh, can't be there long term is that we want people to focus on our core values. They've got to understand exactly what our mission is and why we're going to do it. And that doesn't mean that they wouldn't be great employees for another firm. Right, but right. But if you want to be in a business that tra- tra- transforms the experience of the client and you can play in a competition-free zone, you need people that are almost pluses across the board. And they've certainly got to get it, want it, and be capable. And and um, and, and that helps us with our core focus. And you know, I, I just think with every business, as we start to un- unleash that and we start to start to take a look at that, when I take a look at any company, the ones that practice that, whether it's conscious, competent or unconscious, competent, are the ones that seem to just grow like a hockey stick. Mm-hmm. And the ones that don't sometimes have one step forward, two steps back, they're always in that in that in that in that problem. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everything we're doing and working on as entrepreneurs is just stuff to you know, it's, it's always in the laboratory and we're always learning. We are always, we are, we're always trying to, 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 to become better than we were before. Yeah. I think if you're not getting better, you know, you're falling back it, for sure. You know, in all parts, it's important in your life. And I, I will give all of your folks are, are fantastic. And like one of the highest compliments I can ever pay somebody is they're a professional, you know, Sepper, Mike, Jose, yeah. um, Maureen for sure. Um, Maureen is awesome. Shout out to Maureen. Maybe she'll listen to the show now. <laughs> um, She's amazing. They're all amazing. Right. And so, but it's very consistent. So I see what you're saying. So now, so you've done a terrific job of creating a tribe of very high aptitude and very knowledgeable. It's not just knowledge, but the ability to apply that knowledge and to understand the circumstances that are different across the country and across each of your client base. And I think that that's phenomenal. Now, how do you export that process to other business owners? Is there a way to do that? 
I I think that if you don't have I mean, I think it's very clear to me that if you don't, if you, if you have core, if you don't have core values or you don't, or you, and you do not have people that, that, you know, like I'll talk in a, in a dental office where they'll say, this person is very talented. If you, if you read uh, Jim Collins book, good to great, they talk about right people, right seats, wrong people, right seats, right people, wrong seats, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and you'll talk to like, I'll talk to a dentist and they'll, and they'll say to me, you know, my front desk person or my hygienist, they're very talented. They've been there a long time and bubble and the patients like them, et cetera, et cetera. But they refuse to do this or refuse to do this or refuse to do these core value things. And they wonder whether business is, is stuck in neutral, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and I, and I, I think it, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, you have to be in a place and you've got to create a culture. And one of the things that I learned for a long time is one of the things we did years ago is I, I tried to figure out as we were growing rapidly, I was trying to figure out what did our best relationships look like? Who were the people that were like our best, biggest, loyalist clients? And I tried to figure out if there was any common like denominator with it. And, and I started to figure out that usually there were big thinkers. Usually they, they wanted to be in a relationship with me. They, were, they weren't transactional. They were transformational. Mm-hmm. They were loyal. Uh, they reciprocated. They, they appreciated our expertise. I could probably go on and had about maybe eight or nine or 10 of them. Right, And I had this revelation. I go, hey, our best clients seem to kind of fit this general pattern of these things. Mm-hmm. And then about a year or two later, because I'm, 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 I'm slow, is I, I finally realized who we were really looking for was us, because that's who we were. And we started to attract the people that were our people, you know, people that were, and they were almost usually kind and good people. And, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and they were like, and all of a sudden, those right people started showing up and the more and more that we started to build our business and build our capability and be able to help people, all of a sudden the right people started showing up in our life. You know, it's almost like when you go to, when you go to marriage counseling, uh, you, you realize the other partners there to, to have the therapist tell you that your, your, your partner's wrong and, and you were right. And you realize the only person you can work on is yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea to me is that we take that seriously as a company is we take, wake up every day trying to work on being the best we can be. And then it's amazing that the Patrick O'Rourke's of the world just start showing up in your life, you know, and these, and these wonderful people start showing up in your life. You know? I was really and wondering I, where you're going with that analogy there for a second. And I was like, marriage counseling. And then you but, brought it full circle. That's awesome. Yeah, I never and, thought and, about it that way, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You kind of do what you do. And, and in our business, not just about the business, it's, it's talking about everything that's important to them. It's making sure the right people show up in their personal life, not only friends, but you know, but, but life partners and spouses, you know, their children, when they start to do that, it's amazing how their children start turning out even better. You know, it's, 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 uh, you, you know, that, that all the things that they want start to occur when they're willing mm-hmm. to go do the work and put themselves in to be the best version of themselves. And so all we try to do is help them be the best version, not the best version of what I think they should be, the best version of what they think they should be. And all right. we want to do is help them and to do it in a way that is unobtrusive, in a way that's easy, in a way that just makes sense, in a way that they're in control. But the idea is they can have everything they want. There's no reason in dentistry, Patrick, with the tools and techniques that are out there, that every dentist should be able to create multi-generational wealth and certainly real wealth if they do it. I don't care what age they are. The tools are out there. It's it's embarrassing. You know, I work, you mentioned, I work with a lot of hedge fund and private equity folks, a lot of you know entrepreneurial business owners, a lot of celebrities and athletes, but I'm an NFL registered player financial advisor. Mm-hmm. My average NFL player plays three and a half years in the league. And if they don't get to the second contract, they're not making the, the big bucks or the third contract. And 
and, and they're one knee injury away from the whole thing being happening. Mm-hmm. In dentistry, those careers are 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. With the tools and techniques that are out there, if, if every dentist is not a multi-decamillionaire in their life, they have done something terribly wrong. And there are some of them now that are, you know, that we're working with, they're, they're knocking on the door of 75, 80, 100 plus million dollars of net worth from dentistry, not from an inheritance, not from another business. That's wild. But what they've done is they've taken the cash flow from their businesses and they've expanded their dental empires, but then they've also expanded into real estate. They've expanded to other operating companies, expanding into all the places, private equity, they've expanded into all the places where wealth is created, but using their dentistry machine as their cash, cash engine. You got to make money off your money. This is, this is how you create wealth. And then once you have that, then it becomes, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. And then you can use that money however you'd like to use it. Now, I love everything that you've said, Mark Murphy. And if somebody wanted to learn more, how would they do that? Uh, they could. They could certainly could uh, call our, our, uh, our, our, our phone number and, and speak to Maureen Motherway. Uh, we're at, our area code is 973-422-9140. Or they can certainly email me at Mark with a K. Mark underscore Murphy at northeastprivate.com. And uh, I, uh, you know, as I said, I, I, I would uh, welcome and the opportunity. And you're national. So you never know when Mark might be in your town because uh, I don't, I'm not sure. He might own more than one jet and a helicopter. <laughs> we're, in four, we're, in 45, we're in 45 states. But the fun part of the business is, you know, I think the COVID has, has made us do a lot more Zooms. But mm-hmm. I can't. But when things open up again, maybe we'll travel a little bit less. But I think the fun part is is to go belly to belly. It's it's to really develop a relationship with people. It's to really be involved in their lives and and be there to, to help them. I mean, at some point, it's it's hard to go tran- transformational if you just if you just have a texting relationship with somebody. Zoom is helpful, but it's not it's not going to solve every problem. I couldn't agree with you more. There's there's nothing like getting eyeball to eyeball with somebody and you know breaking bread with them. And understanding kind of what they what they want, what they need, you know. And if there's multiple stakeholders in the conversation, you know, there's more than one partner, you know, whether it's a spouse, whether it's business partners. Um, but particularly in business partners, because that's really who I'm dealing with. If there's more than three partners, I'm coming to see you, right? Because I need to sit down with everybody. I need everybody to look me in the eye. I need to look at them and the guys say, look, this is I need to understand what you guys are trying to do. This is how we're gonna get there together and then we all shake hands. And, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, I used to think that was kind of a Southern thing, like here in Georgia, it's not, you know, that's really how everybody is. Um, and I can tell you it's whenever you meet somebody in person, you break bread with them. There's something about that, that um, mm. maybe it's like from ancient times that you're sitting down and, you know, it's, it's is a precious resource and I'm, you know, I'm sharing life with you, you know, it could be, I don't know, but it, I have found that pretty much anybody who I've ever met in person has been, you know, a friend for life for the most part. Yeah. I, but that's the fun part of the business. The fun part of, that's the fun part is being, we're in the people business mm-hmm. and we want to help people. And, you know, and, and what they do is they pay us to peek around corners uh, and, and to, and to anticipate things that are happening. You know, I, I'm a, you know, when I was younger, I was a competitive chess player and I'm a master's bridge player. I did not and know so, that. And so, you know, you know, I've tra- sort of trained to, to think eight moves ahead in chess or before I lay one trick down, I've played all 13 tricks in my mind. And so the idea to me is that my mind's always kind of working that way. And it's hard to communicate that over a text or an email or even a Zoom call. 
And I'm not saying they don't supplement it and we might do a little less travel uh, because the, the clients may not want it. But I, I love to go belly. I, I love to be in people's lives and make a difference and help them. That's There's great joy in that. And I know you have the same joy. Mm-hmm. And, and and so many things are changing. But the, but the beautiful thing is that what I think people really, there's so many things changing and going to change out of COVID, out of this election result, out of the $6 trillion of, of stimulus that are going to be there in this country, of regulation and other things. And I think what people are really paying us for is to make sure that emotion never trumps logic and to peek around corners so that we can anticipate those things are, are happening and happen in advance so our clients aren't caught flat-footed anytime. And that's, that's right. the, and that's the great part. That's why it's, you know, that's why we spend so much time, uh, you know, working on our intellectual property. But mm-hmm. um, it's, that's the difficult part. And then you have to share it and you have to have a, a group of folks around you as a business owner um, that are smarter, that are helping you look around those corners as well. You know, we do, I'm sure you do. Um, that's what it's all about because being an entrepreneur doesn't have to be a lonely path, right? You know, no. it can be quite the fulfilling and rich path. Um, you just have to make sure that you're, you know, you're surrounding yourselves with other, other folks that are making sure that the, that path is the right path for you. It, it, it is amazing. It's almost like to me, we, there's two groups of people that business owners have is how are you going to have an extraordinary business if the people that are working for you are ordinary and, or don't have your core values or don't have your core focus or, or, you know, or all the, the reasons that they don't want to be great. So how is your business going to be great if, and you're great if the rest of your team isn't great? But I think you're expanding it beyond. If, if you don't have a board of directors, if, if Patrick O'Rourke was the CEO of, of IBM or Apple, he'd have a board of directors that would help him with the vision and, and running that company. Right. When you're an entrepreneur like a dentist, even somebody that owns 10 or 20 or 30 practices or, or one practice, who's your board of directors? Who are the folks that are going to be there? That group of core advisors that form that 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 fit as your formal or even informal board, that can help you with resources and ideas, to, so it's not so lonely, but so that you can turbocharge your business forward. Right. You know, absolutely. Mastermind yeah. Alliance from Napoleon Hill. I've heard it called a lot of other things. It, it to me, it's it's critical if you want to be successful. Critical. Like there, there's no other way to do it. Um, you know, and so. I feel blessed that I can count you in my informal board. Thank you for that, Mark Murphy. And I also appreciate you being here today. I think that this has been a terrific show. And so before we leave, um, do you have any thoughts, suggestions, feedback, good jokes? I, uh, well, I'm uh, in a politically correct world. I, I will not uh, tell any jokes for public consumption, uh, lest I offend someone uh, inadvertently. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but I, I do think I, I do think that this you know what you're doing, Patrick, and I think this this uh, dental business radio, I think is is just the elixir that people are going to need because I think the world's going to come out of this changing, and I think anything you can do to help the to help these dental practices because I am committed to the practice of private dentistry owned by dentists, not by MBAs. And the idea to me is I think a show like this can be sort of a pillar at being able to help entrepreneurial doctors, not only be able to, to survive, but thrive and conquer uh, this, this industry. Cause I think there's room for everybody, but to, to give them the opportunity to really have the, the, the support and the success they need. And I just appreciate your friendship. I appreciate you uh, inviting me to the show 
And uh, I look forward to, to the opportunity. I can be in Atlanta. We can break bread and uh, and have a beer together. Can we play golf? We could do that too. All right. So, I mean, I say I play golf. It's more like I trim shrubbery with my <laughs> golf clubs that I own, but I enjoy it if it's a nice day. So I'd be happy to go out there with you. So I'm a good, I'm as good in a golfer so that my kids who are good golfers will allow me to go out with them once in a while. Uh, so I'm just good enough that I'm not holding the back, but uh, I am. All right, well, uh, you're going to have to golf left-handed then because that's too good for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a funny story. I, I, I'm left-handed. I do everything left-handed except play golf because we were too we were too poor to afford a right-handed or left-handed clubs. So <laughs> my, my game is so poor that I'm actually thinking about learning relearning to play golf, but playing with left-handed clubs now. Maybe I'm switching my game. It's, uh, <laughs> that's my that's my strong strong side. But have a, have a wonderful wonderful day, and thank you, Patrick. I thank you for everything yeah. you do. Mark Murphy, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And to all of our listeners, thank you very much. Until next time, this is your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Mm-hmm.